I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. At SLRC, they understand your dream to move. Moving up, moving on, moving your body, moving mountains. SLRC can help you find the focus to define your finish line. As a top 10 run shop in America, they use their 25 years of experience to provide custom shoe fit analysis and offer a premium assortment of footwear and workout essentials. Locally owned, locally operated. SLRC is movement inspired. Visit saltlakerunning.com to schedule your shoe fitting today. Hosts of Eden, written and performed by Jay McFarland. Episode 5, Please Help. Well, last time on the Hosts of Eden, Marion risked everything and helped Johnny escape. Their plan almost failed as Shelby forced her way out at the most inopportune time. Meanwhile, the person who was believed to be the imposter president, you know, the one in the White House, he continues to escalate the conflict in the Middle East, leading Marion and Johnny to believe that they only have a matter of time before it's too late. Doctor, 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 you have to wake up. Marion slowly starts to open her eyes. She's clearly disappointed. She was hoping that she had dreamed the entire thing. Instead, Johnny President is there shaking her shoulder. What happened, he says. Dr. Marion responds, Shelby happened. Oh, yeah, Johnny President says. He starts licking at his beard and feeling his sticky fingers and looking at his clothes. Why do, why do I taste bubble gum and I'm all sticky, Johnny President says. Like I said... Marion responds, Shelby happened. He nods with understanding, pulls down the visor, and starts to clean his face with his own saliva in the mirror. Look, Marion says, this is crazy. How are we supposed to go anywhere or talk to anyone if Shelby's just going to pop up at the worst possible time? We came this close today to getting caught back there. I don't know, Johnny President says. I just know we have to try. Try what, Dr. Marion says. We don't even know what we're going to do. No one is going to believe us. I'm not even sure if I believe us. I know, I know, Johnny President responds. They both sit there silent for a moment. Look, let's just go and see my friend Walter, okay? If we can't convince him, then, well... He pauses. He clearly does not want to say the words give up. But he's convincing enough to change Marion's mind. She says, okay, we've come this far, but first we should get you cleaned up. Oh, and we need to go and buy a doll. He asks, a doll? Why? That's why Shelby wanted to go back into the building. She wanted to get her dolly. I'm not making that mistake again. 
Good idea, Johnny President says. Good idea. They drive to the nearest convenience store. Johnny President goes in the bathroom and gets all cleaned up. He changes into jeans and a button-down shirt that Marion had brought. They buy some treats for themselves and for Johnny Shelby just to bribe her just in case. And then they go to a toy store. Marion searches for a few minutes and then picks out a doll that comes as close to the doll that she saw in the picture of Shelby in her blue Easter dress. Convinced that they have enough tools, they then depart on their way to see a Mr. Walter Payne to see if they can convince him that Johnny President is actually the real president. A few hours later, we find them parked across the street from Walter Payne's house. It's a nice neighborhood, middle, upper class. They're just sitting in the car, staring at Walter's house. Well, here we are, Marion says. Yep, Johnny President sighs. He knows what they have to do, but getting the courage to go and do it, it's not as easy as he thought it would be. Dr. Marion asked him, so what are we going to do exactly? Just walk up and say, you're the real president and that guy in the White House is not? And he'll just invite us in for coffee and donuts, right? Johnny President says in a very unreassuring way, I, I have a plan, I think. <sighs> Marion, wanting to just get it over with, gets out of the car and starts to walk across the street. Great, she says. I can't wait to see this. Come on, let's get this over with. He gets out of the car and joins Marion as they approach the front door. She notices the well-manicured lawns, the driveways that all go around to the side of the homes, the nice cars driving by. Clearly, they stick out, and Marion is worried about that. They stand in front of the door for a few minutes and then reluctantly ring the doorbell. After what seems like an eternity, the door opens. An older man appears and he is clearly upset at being bothered. This better be good, he says. Marion is even more nervous now. Um, Mr. Payne, she says, my name is Dr. Mer... Johnny President interrupts her immediately and blurts out a phrase that Marion had never heard before. Edith Keeler must die, he says. Marion looks at Johnny completely confused and wondering if Shelby is back. Walter's countenance, on the other hand, changes immediately. He focuses in on Johnny the President. What did you say? he demands. Marion tries to stop Johnny from speaking and tries to introduce herself again. Johnny President interrupts. Edith Keeler must die, he says. Walter looks out around the neighborhood to see if anybody's watching. He then waves them inside the home. Marion is absolutely shocked and confused. They enter the home and are asked to sit down. She can hear the news blaring on a television in the background. Walter signals that he's going to go turn off the television and he'll be right back. 
the moment he steps out of the room, Marion turns to Johnny President and says, what in the world does Edith whatever must die mean? Johnny President says, it's our code phrase. We set it up just between us, just in case we needed to send a message. Who the heck is Edith what, whatever you said, Marion demands. Edith Keeler, you know, it's from Star Trek. Marion can't believe it. You used a Star Trek reference as your top secret phrase thingy? Johnny President nods. Why didn't you just tell me you had a code phrase, Marion said. I've been worrying all this time and you... Walter comes back into the room. He sits down across from both of them and quietly says, Now, why did President Fillmore send you? It must have been pretty important if he gave you the code phrase. Marion nervously responds, Um, well, he didn't send us exactly. I mean, he did, but, well, it's kind of hard to explain. Johnny President again interrupts her. Wally, it's me, Ronnie, he says. Walter is confused. What are you talking about? What is this? Wally, I can't tell you how, and I certainly don't know why, but that man in the White House is not Ronald J. Fillmore. I am. Walter does not believe a word of it. He stands up and begins to ask them to leave. Wally, please wait, Johnny President says. Just humor me for a second. Ask me anything. We've known each other our whole lives. I can prove it to you. Why do you think that that guy in the White House is acting so strange? Please, just ask me anything. Anything that only you and I would know. All right. Walter says, in the fourth grade, you wrote a note to a girl asking her to go out with you. What was her name? Johnny President responds instantly, Kimberly White. She had bleach blonde hair and she laughed out loud when she opened my note. You and I, we were hiding behind the log playground. I was humiliated and made you promise that you would never tell a soul. Walter's countenance changes again. How are you doing this? How do you know that? He demands. Because it's me, Wally, Johnny President says. Again, ask me anything. I can prove it to you. Walter then goes on to ask him several more questions that only a Ronald J. Fillmore would know. With each correct response, Walter is more stunned. He looks at Marion and asks, what is going on? Marion explains the whole story from the beginning. Walter sits back and says, well, that at least explains why the president is acting so strangely. What is he trying to do? We don't know, Johnny President says. But Wally, listen, we have got to do something about it. Honestly, Wally is so stunned he can't even speak. He doesn't know what to do. Then he sits up and he says firmly, we have to get you back into the White House. Johnny President says, no, 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 it's too late for that. No one will believe that I'm the president. Look at me. Then what do we do, Wally asks. That man seems determined to plunge us into World War III. 
We don't know exactly, Johnny President says. Somehow we have to convince key people that he's gone mad, impeach him or something like that. Walter says that will take too much time. This war is going to start in a matter of hours or days, not months. Then Johnny President says, or we take him out. Take him out, Walter says. You mean assassinate the president? He's not the president. Millions of people are going to die if we don't do something, Wally. Walter stands up and begins to pace around the room. He's racking his brain for a solution. He stops and asks Johnny a few more questions just to make sure it's him. Johnny answers correctly every time. Marion is surprised at each answer as well. She thinks to herself, oh my goodness, he really is the president. As if to be reconvinced over again. All of a sudden the room is filled with shattered glass. Johnny President yells, get down! He shoves Marion to the ground. As they land on the ground, the room is filled with debris. They realize somebody is shooting at them. Marion yells, where's Walter? They both look around and see Walter on the ground. He's been shot multiple times and is bleeding heavily. Johnny President crawls toward him as the room continues to be blown apart by gunfire. Johnny President tries to talk to Walter and to help him. No, Wally, no, please, no. Wally, please. Walter is not responsive. Marion yells, we have to get out of here now. Johnny President continues to try and revive his old friend Walter. Ronnie, now, Marion says, we are going to die. I can't, I can't, Johnny President says. I can't leave him. I don't know what to do. Marion thinks for a minute and she yells, get Mason. What, Johnny President says? Go get Sergeant Mason now, Marion demands. Johnny President finally understands. He closes his eyes and goes into a brief trance. Johnny Mason opens his eyes and surveys the situation. Mason, she yells, get us out of here. Johnny Mason goes through Walter's pockets and pulls out some keys. He army crawls towards her and signals to the hallway. Together, they work their way through the house, looking for the garage door. The house littered with bullets and glass. Finally, they find the garage and rush inside. To their surprise, there is a brand new Corvette Stingray inside. Marion goes to press the garage door opener. And Mason yells, stop! They climb inside the car, Mason in the driver's seat. Johnny Mason starts the car and puts it in reverse. He presses on the gas and then drops the clutch. The car wheels spin and the Corvette goes crashing backwards through the garage door. Marion screams at the impact. Johnny Mason tells her to get down. He's looking through the back window. He sees a black van across the street with the door slid open. Two people inside the van with automatic weapons, riddling the house with bullets. Johnny drives the car backwards and slams directly into the van, sending the shooters flying. Marion screams again. Johnny Mason puts the car in first gear and spins the wheels as they race away from the van. The shooters jump into the van and begin to pursue them. Marion yells, why did they kill Walter? 
Johnny Mason responds, I'm pretty sure they were after us, not Walter. Marion is confused. She says, what? Why would they want to kill us? I don't know, Johnny Mason says, but they are still after us. What? Marion says. Just at that moment, Marion feels an impact from behind. Mason jerks the wheel to the right, turning onto another street. Go faster, Marion yells. I'm trying, but we're in a neighborhood. I don't want to kill anybody, Johnny Mason says. As they head down this street, Mason sees a black SUV turn onto their street and start heading towards them. A man leans out of the passenger window and holds a gun and starts shooting in their direction. Marion again screams. There's now a van coming directly towards them and the one that they hit coming at them from behind. Mason steers the car onto the sidewalk and then to the front yard of the houses on the right side of the road. He goes from yard to yard, parallel with the houses on the road, knocking over mailboxes and tearing up lawns. This allows the van behind them to speed up and pull next to them. They're catching up with us, Marion says. And as the SUV coming in their direction is almost to where they're at, Mason hits the gas, sharply turning to the left back onto the road and clipping the front of the van. This forces the van over and causes it to crash head-on into the SUV coming the other direction. The two vehicles violently collide together. Mason and Marion drive off. That was amazing, Marion said. Just as soon as the words came out of her mouth, the Corvette gets slammed on the passenger side by another SUV. The impact shatters her window and covers her with glass. Everything starts to go blurry. There's ringing in her ears. She begins to lose consciousness. Then everything goes black. Next time on The Host of Eden, we'll find out if Dr. Marion is okay after this accident. Were they able to get away from these mysterious assailants? And if so, what will they do now that they are out of leads and ideas? Well, I'm going to the beach where I belong. It's Coca-Cola Nights at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. And Wednesday and Thursday nights after 5. Bring a Coca-Cola can and get... Unlimited rides for just $14.95. Well, the Wednesday and Thursday nights after 5. Unlimited rides for just $14.95. At the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. In the warm California sun. 